The Midwest Film Nerds Podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Willie. I'm Nick. I'm Gojo. Today we're going to talk about film news. <laughs> then we're going to go straight into a full review of the Russo Brothers Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um, Joe and Anthony? Yes. Those their names? Correct. Yes. Where's um, Renee fit into this picture? Hmm? Where does Renee fit into this picture? Well, she's in Thor. Different yeah. franchise. Okay. Yeah. Well, kind of. Linked, but okay. different. You know, all that Marvel nepotism and everything. Truly. Um... Verily. So before we get to that, some exciting news. We now have a voicemail and text hotline for feedback. Oh my god. It's even easier to reach us now. Phone number is two four eight seven three three five MFN. That is two four eight seven three three five six three six. Uh please call us and text us your feedback for anything regarding film that you want us to talk about or our podcast. How many breathers do you think are just going to call, like, and just breathe really heavily? Uh, <laughs> a lot now. I guess. Breathers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just. Yeah. Um, Victor's going to leave some good ones. <laughs> try, try some to keep it breathing. short. The shorter, the better. Probably. Let us know your name and give us the location. Probably doesn't have to be real, but if we know where you're at, that's kind of fun. Um, if you try to plug something, I will immediately delete your voicemail. Not really. I don't know. Whatever it depends on what it is. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Give us a call. It'll be cool. You can hear yourself on the podcast if it's, if it's a good one. So, uh, check that out. Also, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com if you don't own a phone. Um, <laughs> if you have internet but not phone. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, of course, MidwestFilmNerds.com. You can find all of our uh, previous episodes and show notes for all the episodes that we have produced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, film news. Let's get it started here. Oh, man. Um, this party started. Pitbull and Bud Light. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, at the Pit age Bun. of 93, Mickey Rooney has passed away. Sad. Uh, this man has 300-something credits on IMDb, which is insane, and, uh, I think that warrants a mention on our podcast at the very least. Uh, as we kind of said beforehand, I think a lot of us, the, the, the Mickey Rooney's heyday existed maybe before our parents were born. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if any of us have like a particularly strong connection to Mickey Rooney or anything like that. But, um, I know for myself, the only thing that I really recall seeing him in is breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm. And I probably watched that for the first time, maybe three years ago. And I was probably just as offended as... Nobody was in the in the 60s when the movie came out. So his uh, <laughs> his racist caricature, Mr. Yunioshi, probably not what he wants to be remembered for, but maybe it is. I don't know. That's his legacy. That's his legacy. <laughs> to, to me, at least. I don't know. Do you guys have any connection to uh, Mickey Rooney? I liked him in Night at the Museum. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like, that's, that's the last thing I, I remember him in, seeing him in, and he was just... What, he still had it. Who know? does he? Who does he? Uh, what does he play in? He's one of the uh, one of the museum guards, like one of the guys. Okay. That, yeah, that's like retiring or whatever. Okay. In the, the movie, and he's he's super funny, and that he calls sense. everybody like champ and hot dog and like all this awesome stuff. <laughs> it's really good. That's it's, good. Yeah, he's a lot of fun in that movie, and I can see why his uh, 
just from that one performance. I I, I know I've seen him in other things, but I'm not going to yeah. try and remember. Yeah. Um, but he no, he, just from that one performance, you can tell that he uh, he still had it, and <clears throat> and that's pretty awesome that he's yeah. been able to span that lengthy of a career without you know losing it. So yeah. yeah. Apparently, he filmed the part for Night at the Museum 3. Good. I hope he calls Ben Stiller a hot dog. <laughs> That's my favorite. Uh, Nick, anything? Mickey Rooney? No. No. He's just got he's got so many credits, and so many of them are just like, yeah, my parents might have watched that at some point. It's like but... one episode of Rawhide, and yeah. one episode of like Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> one episode of Night Court. Or it's just ER. very, very sp- sporadic appearances. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the case for a lot of his... Stuff nowadays. I th- he started out as as a uh, a noted child star, I believe. He oh, was, yeah, oh. he was. Um, I mean, maybe not Shirley Temple age, but he started off when he was uh, probably in his teens, I think. Oh, okay. um, and he was. I mean, he was big then, and then he he continued on. So I think the he had impress very impressive uh, longevity. Excuse me, uh, four hundred and twenty one credits on. Uh, well, there you go. <laughs> <Just amazing. laughs> um. That should speak for itself, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm trying to scroll through it all right now, and he has a bunch of stuff as himself, and that was like 300 itself, but... Yeah. No, I think the only person who probably has more is, like, Sam Jackson. <laughs> yeah, <right>. uh. <laughs> he's on his way, at the very least. Um, yeah, it looks like he's he, he was Mickey. He was known as Mickey. And uh, <clears throat> he had a bunch of little shorts in the 20s that were out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, rest in peace, Mickey Rooney. Yeah, uh, sorry we don't know more about you, but yeah, uh, <clears throat> we failed. Shit happens. I don't know. Yeah, you never know. Go so young. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, some more film news. We had uh, Richard Donner come out and say that uh, Goonies Two is in the works. <laughs> oh my! Can we get a picture of Willie's face right now? For the- <laughs> <laughs> so so Willie's Willie's uh It's not where he's making that face. <laughs> <laughs> oh no the cat just pooped. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh um, wow. Yeah, so basically after years of like all of the cast members talking about it at different times and all that kind of stuff, uh Richard Donner came out and said that we're working on a sequel. And he it's being written as being confirmed. Which, you know, if Richard Donner's like, hey, I'm going to make this movie, then it's probably going to happen. But, I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I've heard, I mean, Goonies is one of those things, kind of like Ghostbusters 3, that's been talked about since the first Goonies, like, the credits started rolling in the theater. So, it's, it's I, will, I, would, I don't even want to say defel- development hell, because I can't really say it's been in any sort of real forward development. But I've heard so many different, I mean, you, I've heard things from Richard Donner and Spielberg and cast members and so on and so forth and they're almost always like contradicting each other so i never really believe that this movie is going to happen just yeah. like ghostbusters 3 but um if it does it can really only go one of two ways it could go we could go with the older the original cast coming back and going on another adventure together or whatever or we could go with the whole like they have kids now they have and kids. the kids and i'm not i don't know i don't know which one would be better i think i just prefer them going on an adventure together <laughs> like instead of like i don't want a new brand of kids because it'd be obnoxious i'm sure they'd be a texting and stuff I don't want to see that. <laughs> so, um, no, I'm, I'm down for it if everybody comes back. Everybody that can come back comes I back. Think, I think that's the plan, according to Richard Donner. But that would be very cool. I, my my parents stone. met Corey Feldman once. Yeah. Um, they went and saw his band play at a bar that my dad's band also played at. And um, they asked him about Goonies 2, and he said it was going to happen. And that was like 
12 years ago. So, <laughs> so I will not... Don't believe what Corey Feldman tells you about Goonies 2. Because what about what about Richard Downer, though? Uh, maybe him. Maybe. Not Corey Feldman. Okay. Believe Josh Brolin. Look at him. Just believe him. <laughs> All right, Nick. Find Short Round. Believe him. Believe him. Yeah, believe Short Round because he Fine, seems like a stand-up guy. <laughs> and he, I, I, I mean, seriously, I've seen him, like, pictures of him, and he looks this, like he could play Short Round <laughs> what's, right now. What's Short Round's name in the movie, in this movie that we're actually discussing? Uh, D- Data. Okay, Data. Yeah. That's oh, correct. That's okay. Yeah. I but forgot. he's Short Round, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Nick, any thoughts on Goonies 2? <clears throat> Toonies? Uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. I really don't think it's going to happen, though. No. Honestly. You have no faith. I don't even think it's a matter of faith. It's just <laughs> practicality. I don't I don't know if any if I don't know, if Brolin and, and, and company will be like, yeah, we'll do that. I think it would have to be a really, really great script for Brolin, at least, to get attached. That's true. Because he's clearly the most, the most successful currently. And Sean Astin... Probably just sit on his Lord of the Rings money. And I feel like well, Brolin I've... wasn't Jonah Hex, so <laughs> maybe <laughs> we have a shot Scripts here. Don't matter. I, okay. I feel like Sean Astin would probably be down. I think, especially as I think he's one of the people who has talked about it before, being like, "Yeah, I would love to do it." Yeah, I think there was a there was a potential there for Sean Astin's career to kind of uh, see a a big uh, boom after Lord of the Rings, and it just didn't really happen. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, no, I don't think Goonies. Two is below any of these people. It's not like Corey Feldman's doing anything. No, Corey Feldman's like like needs the money. <laughs> um, <laughs> he needed the money twelve years ago. He kind of does. <laughs> so no, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm with Nick. I don't think it's actually going to happen. It could be. It but. could be neat, but it might just be weird and sad. Like what? Are, <laughs> like Willie said, what are they going to do? Like when he said the thing about the texting, I'm like, oh god, it would probably be so tempting for them to to like make jokes about the Goonies, like iPads, what are those? Like, except for Data is the only one who's like a successful. No, I hope Data still has the same gadgets. He's like, no, screw. That's it. the thing is, he's the... living in the woods and he's like right. still building gadgets. On the way here, Gojo and I were talking about American Gladiators, which is not unusual, really. But <laughs> we, he mentioned that uh, it's kind of a product of its era, and he wasn't sure if it could survive outside of its outside of its original era. Mm. And I feel kind of the same way about the Goonies. The Goonies is so eighties, mm. and like the best best way that to bring the Goonies into the into the 21st century seems like it might be a bad no idea. you're right it that it's i don't know it's tricky because it's another one of those things where the same way i felt about indiana jones coming back on screen and, and then the the star wars characters do we want to see our 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 old favorites like as old you know what i'm saying like, i think i think the only way i would love it is if it's not at all like the original and it's just them dealing with the issues of middle, <laughs> middle age <laughs> It's like the big chill, but for like middle aged yeah, people like, that grew yeah. up and had wild adventures with pirates. I, I feel like this is uh, this is you and like like when you and all your uh, your old grade school friends are talking about how much how much fun you had back in the day. You're like, yeah, we're gonna get together this summer. We're gonna just go. We're gonna go and have a great adventure. And then nobody calls each other after that. <laughs> um, I feel like that's this is Goonies too. They've just been. They've just been promising to hang out and make this movie for, what, like 15, 20 years or something. Yeah. I don't know. As for, long as Corey Feldman's coming. Yeah, as, as once Corey Feldman left the set, he's like, oh my god, we're going to make Goonies 2. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, great idea, and then, no, let's go back to life. Uh, so, probably, even I, hey, even Richard Donner wants to hang out with his friends, but I don't see it happening. I think it would be interesting of, like, uh, hey, Goonies is, yeah, it's essentially 80s, but it was also very much like... It's seen as like a kid's movie. It's a classic now. Sure. But it's a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. And to kind of 
I think it would be interesting to see how they play off of the fondness of the people who are 30, 40 years old now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That grew up watching Goonies, like, every day. See, and that's the tricky part, because, I mean, the Goonies is a huge, you know, kind of cult favorite, but I don't, I don't know that... It would take a lot, I think, for people to run out and see Goonies 2. You can't just put say, oh, Goonies 2 is out, go see it. That like, ain't going to work. So, like, to get that that niche group that's going to be there opening weekend because they can't wait for Goonies 2, you really have to, like... So you're saying they need to do a Goonies 2 Kickstarter? No, probably not. No. <laughs> All right. They do need to blow the Cindy Lauper conch because she'll need to be back for another, Absolutely. another go. It ain't Goonies without Cindy Lauper. Plus Sloth is dead. I mean, that'd be amazing though, having a scene where they're like standing around the grave of sloth, like like, oh, well, there's like a fucking bronze statue of sloth <laughs> standing over his grave. Oh my god, you push a button on it, it like says quotes from the movie. Oh, I want that. Okay, I want Goonies two to happen. <laughs> All right, uh, real Just, quick, I don't know how much you guys care, but comedians Key and Peele are producing a Police Academy remake. Pass. Pass? You pass? Uh, Police Academy is like all the National Lampoon College movies they keep trying to push on us every five years. It's never going to take... It's never going to get traction. It's never going to take off. They've done several Police Academies. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's like seven or eight, right? It's... (laughs) The best we're going to get out of it is maybe like Vegas Vacation caliber, (laughs) which would be good. But, you know, we'll have a few yucks in the theater and then we'll go home and forget about it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm excited about I, I guess I'm excited about it because I like Key and Peele so much. Are you much. a Police Academy fan? I didn't know this about you. I've, I've seen one of them and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Are they getting Michael Winslow back? That's really That's the biggest I was just thing. Say. Hopefully. True. Are they getting the goot back? I mean, they kind of have to, right? His last credit that I know of is Veronica Mars. So yeah, he was in Party Down and he was hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it'd he, be. He I, I feel like. it in Party Down. I feel like he'd have like a cameo or something. If they, he'd if be, they can he'd do, be like the Nick Offerman role in 21 Jump Street. The chief uh, I was just going to. If they can do kind of a 21 Jump Street with Police Academy. Or like a Starsky and Hutch kind of thing where it's spoofy. I, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not just an example. Tonally, I guess. I want like a mediocre adaptation. If they could aim right for the middle, like Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch kind of sucked anyway, the show, so. Yeah. That's yeah. an odd choice. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know, there's just something about it that I feel like this is the first piece of the puzzle of making a, a, an interesting comeback for the I'd Police be, Academy. I'd be really down for it if they cast a bunch of like. Somewhat known to unknown comedians. Yes. In all the roles. Well, yes. you know, like you know, big stars. You know what? Uh, there was a. I think it was at South by. There was a showdown. I think it was between Michael Winslow and Reese Darby, the uh, oh my God. the guy who played Murray in in Flight of the Concords. Because Reese Darby is apparently a sound effects master. Holy! Oh wow! If, if Reese Darby showed up on in a Police Academy remake, I would probably be there just for him. I don't care who That's else cool. is in the movie. Be I'd be down for that. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want. Jonah Hill and Dane Cook to be the new stars of Police Academy. Police Academy. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Is, is, is this not exactly what you're what you're trying to avoid here with this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we know nothing. I just I don't know. My fondness for it. Put it on the on the news docket. No, so. that's cool. I, I I mean whatever. If they get cool if Key and Peele are in it, that would be cool. Uh, they could be at this point. I don't know. We'll see. Um, next one. So. Uh, uh, Jason Reitman has done a bunch of uh, script readings for LACMA, a uh, uh, one of those places down in California where they'll hold, they'll hold like a benefit for the the community there and whatnot. And 
he puts on a show and he invites people to do like a table read of a script and he reads the stage directions. Well, apparently for the next one, it's not Jason Reitman, but he, uh, Quentin Tarantino has been invited to do one and he's going to do his script for The Hateful Eight, that movie that he shelved after it leaked about a couple months ago. Uh, Nick, how do you feel? <laughs> right to Nick. Pass, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's lame. It's just lamer than... He was already maxed out in the lame, and he just shifted it into a new gear of lame. It's like, just... Like I said before, just make the movie. Like, what do you care? Hmm. And now... I mean, t- what in, what does Quentin Tarantino care about making a stage reading of... That guy is so, like, into movies. He's been saying nothing but that for the past, like, 20 years. That, like, movies are his thing. He's a movie nut. He's such a cinephile to, like, an insane degree... And then he wants to make a stage adaptation of a movie he was really looking for. He's not doing a stage adaptation. It is strictly a stage, like... a stage reading. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, where does that... Why does that benefit him? Other than just, I think, continuing to maybe piss people like me off. <laughs> like, I think he's still trying to get back at whoever leaked it. It's like, now, now the movie's never going to get made. I'll just have a bunch of guys that are old sit on a stage and just read it off a page. And you have to use your imagination. Like, I don't know. I just think it's terrible. It'll be interesting to see who he asks along. <clears throat> Plus if there's, not, like, it, all of his regulars but one, you're <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who did it. Who didn't get their invite? <laughs> it's not. It's just not fun. Like, who gives a shit? Who wants to see that? Like, Jason Reitman doing an all-female reading of Ghostbusters or whatever he did? That's sweet. Like, I, I want... That's, all all that's the ones it. that he's done have been so They're all really awesome. interesting. And yeah. their older movies are usually movies that uh, have some, some big following or they're kind of considered classics. Like, or they have, it was the all-female Glengarry Glenn Ross, right? Yes. That's what it was. Yes. But he did, cool. he did Ghostbusters as well with, like, Seth Rogen and a yeah. bunch of other people. That's actually they've interesting. They've done a Quentin Tarantino script before. They did, um... Reservoir Dogs, wasn't it? Oh, With yeah, they did. yeah, they did, they did. Yeah. Which is a very cool spin on That's it. interesting. They were all Mr. Black. Your yes. movie that you're too butthurt to Rest. make is... No one wants to see that. And what what goofball is going to pay 200 bucks to sit and watch that? Oh, they're there. A lot of I know, that's they why it's sad. California. It feels like a dumb cash-in. He's like, hey, give me your money, idiots. He's not taking any of the money. He's no. not getting paid to do it. It's a it's a benefit. Well, that's oh, even poor, worse, then. Poor the Tarantino Foundation. Foundation. Yeah, yeah. Let me look up LACMA. LACMA. It sounds like a, some sort of pharmaceutical. Is Los this... Angeles County Museum of Art. Oh. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, he wanted to get the script out there, from what he said, but and then he, it got out there and he didn't <laughs> want it out there. I was going to say, it's already out so there. So it's so oh weird. I don't know. Quentin Tarantino's being a I mean, a big part of it comes from usual. my general distaste of Quentin Tarantino as a person. <laughs> I just think every move he makes in in the public eye is the wrong move. Yeah, I just want him to lock himself in a cabin and write a movie and then come out to make it and then go back in and not <laughs> star in anyone else's movies or act. Cryogenically freezing. Yeah, basically. Okay, uh, quick villain casting right here. We've got Toby Kebbell is going to be Victor Van, Von Doom for uh, the Fantastic Four at Fox. I'm beyond caring about this movie. <laughs> Pass. Yeah. <laughs> I have an interesting question. Uh, who uh, who would it take for them to cast as Doom for you to actually care about this movie now? No one. Okay. <laughs> Literally, no one would make me care. What about The honest. Rock? I, I actually, no, you know what? I, but it would make me care for reasons that that are not good. He wouldn't. You, he know? Would, you wouldn't I'll be t- like, yeah, oh, I'm sure they'll take it. Be the ultimate I'd want to go see it just to see what the fuck was going on. Like that would be that would be my goal. You know. Um, so yeah, no, okay, Gojo, you nailed it. Okay. Resident <laughs> Doom fan. Oh. 
I uh, I like Toby Kebbell. Yeah. I've seen him in a lot of stuff, actually, and I, I think he's a really good actor. He's really interesting to watch. He's not a good fit for Doom, but he's the best cast person in this movie. <laughs> like, that's... It doesn't mean it doesn't make me want to see it anymore whatsoever. I don't think they could have cast anybody as Doom. That would have been like, oh, yeah, good yeah. choice. Yeah. All right. I, uh, I mean, I think he'll probably play it really well. And it's cool to see him getting higher and higher profile gigs. Like, he's in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in something else big like a year or two ago. I don't remember what, but he's a good actor, so that's it's, it's cool. I'm like, cool, yeah, he cast somebody that's interesting. The rest of them, uh, Matt Gerald, Gerald, uh, has been cast in Ant Man in the villain role. Uh, also noted that he was in the Marvel short All Hail the King as a uh, as White Power Dave, a prisoner that stands up to uh, the Mandarin and gets knocked down. <laughs> Um, is he lead Villain or is he supporting Villain? I don't know if we know. He is Villain. Like Ant-Man versus Ant- yeah. Ant-Man versus White Power Dave. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a decent fight. <laughs> <It'd be very laughs> I wonder if he's playing the same character. That's Probably the question. Not. Yeah. That's the question. Is that I, I don't maybe maybe he's getting out of prison? I think Ant-Man. he is playing the same character. You think so? Oh yeah. Yeah. Marvel doesn't they don't there are no coincidences with their planning. Unless he's that. under like heavy makeup or something. Yeah, I'm, unless they I'm, liked him enough in All Hail the King and he's playing somebody who's... I don't know. I, I'm, I would bet serious money that he's playing the same character. They'll segue he, it in he gets somehow. released from prison, yeah. they All their stuff is so interconnected and clearly planned. To cast an unknown guy who played a, a Nazi in prison, like... Yeah. I don't think he's that unknown, but I think he, he might have something. Anyway. I had no clue who he was. That means he's unknown. <laughs> that, that's what I felt about Toby Kebbell. Um... Last piece of news is uh, the composer for Wreck-It Ralph confirmed that Wreck-It Ralph 2 is in the works. Yes. I don't think we're too... Ex- like, that's not surprising, but I think we might be kind of excited about that. Oh, oh God. Hell yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Gojo's, Gojo's seems reticent. Well, <laughs> I, I loved Wreck-It Ralph, uh, but I, I just, I'm always hesitant about, about animated sequels. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be, like, Cars 2 bad. Um, yeah, it'll probably be like Toy Story two quality, quality, which was good. Qualiber, Qualiber, quality caliber. Yes, um, which is more than acceptable, but not really Wreck It Ralph one memorable. So I just I I feel like when you've got a good thing like that, I just I don't know. I I, I wonder where it's gonna go. Yeah, like are we still hanging out in the arcade? What kind of video game? Is there it Wreck-It some... Ralph and his arcade crew against, like, the mobile uh, revolution or something? <laughs> there that was some be... stuff said about, um, the writers had said that they had an idea for the sequel that would be, um, Wreck-It Ralph, the game gets Console remade game. for current uh... audiences, and Wreck-It Ralph, OG Wreck-It Ralph meets new, upgraded, improved Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> that could be hysterical. That, that would... <laughs> so they'd be playing off the idea of the differences in, in generations between Interesting. Gamers, which Interesting. Would be, could be very neat. If they're all meeting ver- like new versions of themselves. Yeah. You know? yeah. Fixie Felix has like a shotgun or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be interesting. The game is just absolutely nothing like <laughs> Nothing like first it. Complete... Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Um, I'm done. Matt Matt Gerald, by the way, played Havoc in G.I. Joe Retaliation. I don't even remember. There was, was a character Havoc? named Havoc? Yeah. I don't know. A bad guy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> On to our full review of Captain America the Winter Soldier. 
Which, as I mentioned, was directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, written by Christopher and Stephen, Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely. They're not brothers, no. so I can't combine them. Not everybody I in just this recognize movie. recognize it yeah. as I That'd said. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> by Chris Samuel Scarlett Evans. Uh, no. Chris Evans, Samuel Jackson, Scarlett Johansson starring along with our man, mm-hmm. Alexander Pierce himself, Robert Redford. Um, so the synopsis on IMDb says Steve Rogers struggles to embrace his role in modern wo- in the modern world and battles a new threat from old history, the Soviet agent known as the Winter Soldier. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get into that. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, <laughs> I think around the table, I liked Captain America: The First Avenger. I don't think it was the best of the Marvel movies, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. Willie agreed. Okay, Nick. I think it's really okay. Okay, go Joe. Uh, I agree with you guys, not so much with Nick. I thought it was more than okay. Yeah, uh, I liked I liked the Indiana Jonesness of it. Yes. Yeah, it was it was uh, it had this this weird kind of mix of period piece and fantasy piece at the same time. Yeah. while being a superhero movie at the same time, it was uh, it was very unique. It wasn't like a knock out of the park, but it was good. <laughs> no, it was good. It was a cool way to introduce people to the character. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. A lot of good buzz coming to this movie, and uh, like people are loving it pretty universally. I think it's got an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes, so <clears throat> let's find out what we thought about it. Armand White didn't like it. Of course not. Why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we... Put your fears to rest. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like it. He's, he's the one person out of the 10 that have, been, that have reviewed it on Rotten No, there's like 193 reviews or something. <clears throat> uh, Willie, as the one who is close, Cap is closest to your heart. Yeah. How did you feel about Captain America the Winter Soldier? I'm probably equally the most and least qualified person to talk about this movie because <laughs> like I probably shouldn't be reviewing this movie because I have a Conflict horrific bias towards <laughs> Captain America. So I'm going to throw that out there right now. Um, Disclaimer. Yeah, but the other guys have pretty level heads about Captain America, so not that they don't love him as well. Anyway, um, on to my review. Um, I really, 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 really liked this movie. And the more I think about it, the more I really, really, really liked it. Um, it is the Captain America movie I have wanted since uh, I fell in love with Captain America. Um, everything I love about the character is, like, fully on display here. Uh, everything from his fighting style, which I felt was totally lacking in, the, in both First Avenger and The Avengers. And it, you know, the fighting style thing, it might not seem like much, but it is a huge part of his character. Um, Captain America is the greatest hand-to-hand fighter in the Marvel Universe that should come through on screen. So, and it does, totally. Um, the struggle with modern times, which is something that I, that's probably one of my favorite aspects of the character. And it's still, it's still a part of his character that continues to this day um, in the comic books. Uh, once again, obviously the, the first Avenger primarily took place in, in uh, World War II. 1940s. Um, with Avengers, they, there was so much going on and there were so many things to touch on that I totally understand why it was not didn't yeah. receive any sort of... They, they couldn't have done it justice. Not really. So I'm glad that instead of not doing, you know, instead of doing it in a kind of a half-assed way that they kind of just said, let's leave that for the next, you know, cat movie. Because uh, deleted scenes from the Avengers ended up in The Winter Soldier. Yes, there were a couple. But I, I will say that there, are, there is a deleted scene from Avengers that I wish was still in Avengers. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't take anything away. But I don't know. Anyway. Um, but this movie just captures everything that I love about the character and um, really nails the the tone and the, and the look and the feel of 
not just a, a Captain America comic, but a, a an Ed Brubaker Captain America comic, and that's mm-hmm. huge because Ed Brubaker single handedly took a character who really has never sold that well mm-hmm. compared to his other you know fellow superheroes. Certainly, Spider Man, X Men, all that stuff. Like Cap was kind of at the lower tier there, and he 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 totally reinvented the character um, <clears throat> for a new generation without compromising what made him so cool to begin with. Yeah. And this movie feels like a Brubaker comic, um, which is good because it's adapting a Brubaker comic in a lot of ways. So, um, I don't know. There's not much I didn't like about the movie. I, there, there really aren't any bad things I can say about it. There's some plot lines that certainly are left dangling. Yeah. Um, which I can understand the, uh, the frustration of maybe people in the audience about it because there are some things that are left dangling. And it, this definitely does feel, in, in many ways, like the first part in a series of story, uh, in, in a larger story. The Russos came out and said this movie was meant to feel as a two-parter, the first part of a two-parter. Sure, which is... is is cool because I'm excited to see what happens next. But at the same time, we do fall from our into, previous discussions about Joss Whedon. We, we know do. that this can be very, very uh, subjective. But that being said, if this movie had ended and uh, it, it bombed at the box office, thank God that didn't happen. But it bombed. I would still feel pretty damn satisfied with what we got. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be. There's yeah. nothing that's going to make you go, "Oh God, I can't." You know, like this is awful. Like I need to know what happens next. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this franchise goes. I think it's very, very cool that. Um, the movie was as, as successful as it has been thus far, and like I'm just super jacked because Cap's my favorite, and like he's getting his due finally. I feel yeah. like, yeah. Um, no, I, I love the movie. Uh, the only other thing I could say about it that's maybe a little bit of a complaint. I'm going to say for spoilers. Okay. So, um, but no, it gets it gets a huge Captain America fan approves completely. So that should mean something, I guess. Hopefully. All right, Nick. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, I really, really liked it as well. I haven't decided if it's the best Marvel Studios movie. It's like, I would say it's on par with Thor. Okay. I love Thor, obviously. Yeah. Like, Thor for me is head and shoulders above pretty much all the rest of them. But this one is really amazing. Uh, the direction is, is great. The action is great. The writing is very cool. Uh, the characters are all great. They feel, they feel like great I'm just going to say great a lot. Like <laughs> that good. John Hamm clip about him saying fabulous everything. <laughs> uh, they did a very good job making them feel like they do in the comics and then also translating them to screen. Like, this movie scored a huge coup by making me like Samuel L. Jackson and That's Scarlett fair. Johansson yeah. again. Like, I was That's ready good. for both of them to get shot in the head after Avengers. <laughs> I, I thought they were both wretched. And in this movie, I was like, wow, they 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 brought them back. So I was, I was actually excited. Uh, That's cool. I really like <clears throat> the Brubaker Cap comics as well. Willie got me into them a couple years ago. I remember at various points throughout the run. I mean, I ran, I read just this huge run in a stupidly short amount of time, and I was texting him constantly during. That. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. And I really, really dug the character of uh, the Winter Soldier and loved everything about him. And and, the, and I can't really get into it too much, I guess. But um, and they did a phenomenal job of translating him to the screen. I was really kind of nervous about that. I was like, ooh, I hope he's not just kind of a kind of a gimmicky plot device or you know, I was concerned that they would do him justice and uh they did, absolutely. So that that was that was a relief. Falcon is amazing. Oh my they God. took arguably one of the dumbest characters from the comics <laughs> and, and ma- I mean his role in the comic is amazing, but he's his comic counterpart is pretty hard to buy. As a superhero mm-hmm. he's pretty lame. Yeah. As a person he's very cool. Absolutely. Yeah. 
and they they he fit perfectly. He was perfectly cast. His writing was great. Uh, his action sequences were incredible. Uh, and the action in general, I can't speak highly enough about. It was just top to bottom. The opening sequence was so good. And uh, Cap, this was Cap on, yeah, absolutely on, on display. Like, you mean the, the tanker sequence? Yes. Okay. This is how you do shaky cam, boys and girls. You can do shaky cam fight sequences and still, they can still look it, good. Really, in a post-Haywire world. <laughs> the shaky cam in this movie was, I would say 90% of it was very good. There, were, it, there yeah. were a few shots though where I was kind of like, mm, I was yeah. more bothered by it at the beginning than I was yes. later on. Yeah. Um, but it was, everybody in it was very good. I mean, I think the performances, Evans, really, for me, this is the movie where I really, really, really was like, oh, yeah, he's Captain America now. Totally. So he was good in, 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 the, in the original Captain America movie, but uh, like, like we've said, I'm not a huge fan of it, so I was always kind of like, eh, you know, his performance, he didn't feel like he had the material at his disposal to really make me connect, yeah. necessarily. And in Avengers, he barely has anything to do, so I was kind of bummed out, but in this movie, he really feels like at his most emotional and uh, at his most interesting. So that's great. Um, I'm glad it's killing it at the box office because Cap really needed that. I think this was the one property going into his first movie where everybody was like, ooh, boy, are people going to like Captain America? And now there's kids running around everywhere with Captain America shit, which is yeah. really, really sweet. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, that that and Thor. The duality between them two is really in, between both of them. And that they both came out in the same year. Yeah. Well, I think they speak to different interests, too. I mean, because I... No, to- yeah. You know, like they, they, I think it's some kids feel like Thor's kind of too, like you know, like 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 adults feel it's too fantasy or sci-fi, mm-hmm. so they connect more with the more realistic, you know, grounded. Cat. Yeah, and I love uh, I love a good political thriller. I yeah. love some intrigue. I love some espionage, big time. And uh, as we talked about when we did Three Days with Condor, and uh, this movie totally scratched that itch for me. I was like, yes, I loved the. There's a middle sequence where they go to to an old base, and everything about that sequence I just <laughs> loved. I loved the just the vintagey feel they captured for the area. They were oh god, it was so good. It was uh, it was very very good. And I I needed a day or two in between, but now I, I do really really want to see it again for sure. All right, it was great. Gojo, <clears throat> I, uh, I I also really 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 liked it. I think that's the term. Are the, is that the term we're using? Yeah. Okay. It really was really great. liked it. Great. We'll it was great. It was great. Everything great, was great. Really really liked it. Um, it's I think it's definitely the best sequel. Of the Marvel films, oh, um, absolutely, yeah. Uh, if it, whether it's the best or not is that's yeah up for debate. Also, I think Thor was probably probably still reigns, but um, it had definitely had the it had the first like really really good uh, mature story of the of the films. Um, just. I, I haven't actually been gripped by a, a Marvel story yet. I don't think. I mean, I've been along for the ride, but I've never really been. Um, yeah, I've no, I haven't been so this taken the, by every little twist is, and turn. Yeah, and this is the first kind of second layer of a story that feels like it works so completely well with the character that they put. Absolutely, out. this yeah. is aiming not higher, I think, than a lot of the other Marvel movies are in terms of complexity of the story and and the, and a darker, moodier tone. I mean, this this feels more in line with like a like a Nolan Batman movie to me. A lot of people have been comparing it to the Dark Knight, and I think but... that's fair. I I do. I mean, it's certainly closer than the other it's, ones. But. Yeah, it's it's got it's got that level of uh, level of like sophistication and, and yeah and maturity to it, but it still has it still has the signature Marvel uh, fantastic nature to it. Um, and it deals so, with real world issues too. Yeah, which it could have gotten into more actually, but we'll save that for later. Yeah, um, the action was 
the action was the best of any any Marvel film yet, probably any superhero film yet. Um, uh, just, I mean, the, I mean, Avengers was was crazy, but that was mainly because of the huge spectacle of it all. This was kind of more focused, and it was it was really really very well put together. Um, it was interesting. Yeah, uh, it was just great to see everybody. Uh, just yeah, Cap's fighting style, as Willie was saying, was uh, just jaw-dropping at every moment every fight had a jaw-dropping moment to it mm-hmm. like, oh. yeah um yeah no it was uh this is needs more hulk it uh <laughs> cinema as a whole needs more hulk um <laughs> it's true actually it's it's really true um you guys are talking about how yeah how kids are super into cap and, and thor now and of course they're into iron man nobody cares about hulk anymore Kids love and Hulk. Yeah. I think, I think the Hulk. parents hate the Hulk because he smashes things. They come and parents, home to a broken window. Yeah, parents can just they can suck it up and let their kids love the Hulk. But this isn't about the Hulk. Um, uh, and uh, the Winter Soldier was, uh, I think he's up there with with Loki as best Marvel villain uh, as one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, either first or second best Marvel villain because he was. Every he doesn't time have a lot of competition. Doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah, <laughs> not, there's not a lot of great Marvel villains. There are a yeah. lot of good ones, uh, and there's some stinkers. But he was. Lost. He lost. <laughs> In fact, uh, yeah, someone who is a great fan of Captain America's films. Um, he's in there somewhere. Um, but just every time, every time he was on screen, it was. Uh, you were just you wanted you, more. you got you got pulled along for a roller coaster. I love his introductory. Oh yeah, shot. Yeah, yes. Oh, crap. Looking through the windshield. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just, oh, like, why are we looking at the windshield for so in long? The screen, and then, in the screen. In the stream. He's seriously the, he's that force of nature villain, which oh, I yeah. love. Like yeah. like literally, as soon as his music starts up, like his his theme starts up, and as oh, soon yeah. as you see him, you know like. It, the shit is going to hit the fan. Like someone is dying. Like yes. the, he's not going to walk away without killing. What, yeah. Whatever. Whatever situation. Whatever situation our heroes are in, it is going to spiral wildly out of control, and they are going to be hanging on for their lives. Well, his, and he was a great for that. Yeah. His fighting style was really awesome too. And just as effortless as Cap made it all look, the Winter Soldier was the same way. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. Like Cap, watching Cap fight, you were always worried. Of course, you're like, oh no, Cap, be careful. But he was so just in control the whole time, just dominating, which was sweet. And then Winter Soldier would show up and was the exact same way. Yeah. It was really, really It was cool. very much like two equal forces mm-hmm. meeting. Seeing the two go toe-to-toe was pretty... It was amazing. It was a great release of, of nerd uh, <laughs> oh, enjoyment. Yeah. You know, it just... Nerd release? Yeah, it was a nerd release. Absolutely. Nerdgasm. Um, I still don't know... I mean, I know, but I don't. I, I left the movie thinking, there's got to be people thinking, how did Cap learn how to fight so well? Because, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? In, in, yeah, in in event, in First Avenger, he's they didn't really teach him how to fight. They're just like, here's this serum, go punch a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Really Avenger, have much training. Yeah, uh, you don't. There, nothing really happened between. I mean, we we presume freezing in Avengers and then during the during the several years he's running around with the commandos, he's learning how, kind of yeah, how to fight. Sure. But he's like a judo master in this movie. He's like on Batman level. He, I, 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 I he probably I took a couple weeks class because I mean with, he can he's learn. He's with quick. Shield now, yeah. so I kind of assumed yeah. he'd get some black ops. But like I said, you know. we know, but it's just kind of funny <laughs> yeah. that they skip. Any semblance of cap training, aside from just like hitting a punching bag really mad, like, but he can like throw down with anybody. It's hilarious. Yeah. I like it when he 
kicks people. Oh, and <laughs> There's a lot of kicking in this movie. I thought, I'm glad you said that. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, what do I want to talk about? Spoilers on the review? for any kicking fans. I <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, there's a lot of kicking, which is really sweet because you don't see a lot of really good kicking in movies. Yeah. This is some of the best kicking you'll see. <laughs> it's got a phenomenal um, kicking. I would it's a great leaping. Great well. kicking. Yes. Yes. Well, so you don't you don't professional see professional leaping. You don't see a lot of that in like a lot of modern fight like this. It's a lot of just like a lot of punches hand and like, body blows. Sure. And, and Not yeah, a lot of kicks in the Bourne. But movies. there's cool kicks for like. Blocking other kicks and like just sending people across the room—it's really sweet. Yeah, like uh, this isn't a joke. It's, it's actually there's a lot of kicking in this movie. It's really cool. It's, really, yeah, it's good kicking. I haven't seen yeah. good kicking like this since like the A Team when when B A kicks the guy right at the beginning. Not even kickboxer. No oh. man, <laughs> kicking is missing in. in I, I frankly, as a fan of kicking, uh, I was I was dead. I kicking is my favorite form of uh, punishing an opponent. Um, and cap. Kep seriously gets probably about 100 yards enemy distance on kicks combined. <laughs> they go flying when oh, Kep yeah. kicks them. It's the most entertaining thing. In, uh, in, well, it's ever. cool, too, because Cap is so strong that, like, while he's fighting dudes, it's not just, like, a quick disarm and, like, break his arm and throw him on the ground. He'll fucking kick you across the room. Like, yeah. Stay over there. It's sweet. Crowd control. Like, a lot of people get kicked through windows and stuff in this movie. It's good. <laughs> oh, my God. This is great. Uh... Uh, the movie was uh, very, very good, and it's great. You really, really, I liked really, it? really liked it. Okay, good. Right. <clears throat> um, I felt like it was pretty decidedly lax on the Winter Soldier, as Willie kind of touched on a little bit. Oh, I thought I was going to say that for spoilers, but yeah, that's true. I didn't. It's not I guess much, it's not I, really a spoiler. Yeah, I didn't didn't really give anything away other than there's not a lot of him in it. Uh, where he's used, I think he's fantastic, and. Um, I'll save the second part of that comment for spoilers because that's definitely a spoiler. But I wish there was more Winter Soldier. I agree. Um, I think this is something kind of about the comics, uh, so the movie does it well too. I think it's interesting that Cap is such a static, stubborn character. He's very much of his time. He's not going to change on how he feels about anything, basically. And it's very interesting to me that they find a way to make him compelling even though he doesn't really go through much of a transformation. It's, it's, that's interesting to me. And, um, I think they did that very, very well here. Um, Falcon was amazing, as you said. Uh, I think everybody in the movie did a very, very good job. The acting was fantastic. Uh, Robert Redford was amazing. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool role to see him in. Um, he kick anybody? Uh, no, no. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert: Robert Redford does not kick a single soul. Were there any film. Falcon kicks? Yeah, be, I think yeah. there must. Not, have not, been. not legit Falcon kicks, but <laughs> yes, he Falcon the character may kick. <laughs> well, what Falcon you said about punches. about his lack of transformation is, is interesting because I'm I'm not disagreeing. I think that's true, but I think it's kind of why he's kind of this universe's Superman, where he's that he's that golden ideal. Yeah, like Marvel has many more characters that are kind of in the gutter with the rest of humanity than DC does. DC's heroes are frequently, like, up there... Archetypal. On the, on the, yeah, on the pedestal for what humanity should strive towards, and Superman obviously being the highest. Mm -hmm. That's what's cool about Cap, though, and even, like Willie talked about with uh, Ed Brubaker's adapting of him, or basically taking the reins and ushering him more into the, into the modern age, is that he doesn't change, and he doesn't mm -hmm. compromise in his values, and he's very much always been that same guy. I mean, most most characters are interesting because of the changes they make as yeah. characters. 
Cap is interesting because of the changes in the world around him. Yeah, exactly. And how he, what he decides to do. Well, he and he adapts in, to in them, and he response. and he weathers some of them. And it's interesting to see how he reacts. But he generally always swings back around to his mm-hmm. same old, like you know, doing the right thing in, in every scenario. Yeah. Which is, I mean, anybody who argues that superheroes have to go through horrible. I mean, I frequently see that too. That I, I like to see them get pulled through the the dredges of life and like come out the other side different or like evolved in some way. And Cap does get pulled through those same things, but he's just of such strong moral fiber. Mm-hmm. And he's just like any, really anybody from what most of us consider, I think the greatest generation is that they're, I think most of us know all of our old relatives and everybody are pretty set in their ways. It's just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. like a mentality. And it's interesting. And I, well, and I think that I, but that's the thing is I feel like some of, I think some of that's a product of getting older that you become set in your ways. But Cap is still a relatively young kind of guy, but he's definitely a product of his time. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see the culture clash that goes between him and, and the world around him. And the idea that he as a person does not go through change, but is yet still a a compelling character, I think is interesting. And I think there are, cha- I mean, there, there are changes not in the sense of like changing his moral standpoint on it. He, like, that's the beauty of him is that he doesn't, but there are changes as far as in this film, as far as him learning that he does have a place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think I think there's yeah. a, there's there's a there's slight momentum towards that, and I, I enjoy that. You see a little bit of it at the end of Avengers too, kind of that he's I, I don't know, I got the vibe from from him in that. But um, in this one, they really kind of forward that, and you can tell that he's he's ready to open himself up to some different things. I think, yeah. you know, which is cool. So. I'm glad they avoided the temptation to make any. Repeated lame jokes about him being like, "Oh, technology! What's this?" Like, yeah, there's like had, one or two right at the beginning, yeah. and they're they're very funny. But he he's not a dumbass, and he adapts very quickly and very well to like the the way the shield building works, and he gets very adept with it. It's cool. Yeah, they clearly portray him as a very intelligent guy. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Um, I that's I didn't get to my I buried the lead a little bit. There's something about this movie that doesn't work, and I don't know what it is. Not completely for me i think some of it might have been the coming off of the high buzz i was expecting to be completely blown away and i that's unfair but i i don't feel like i walked away that like that um but i don't have a i don't have any sort of indication as to exactly what it is and maybe upon uh another viewing i might might have something more onto that i the score was good I wanted it to be Very a little minimalist. more. Very I wanted minimalist. it to be a little bit more, but um, it was good. It was great. I really, really liked it. Um, I liked the music a lot more in this one than the original Cap. I felt it a little bit more. I, as soon as the credit, the opening like credits were starting, the theme like kicked in. I was like, hell yeah! Oh, it's yeah. Cap time. Yeah. Not quite. Well, like in that, that, America. <laughs> that's funny because that's the part that I really liked, and that theme was Sylvester's from the, the theme from the first one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the theme is cool. It's per- it was perfect. Overall, yeah. I liked the the kind of more subdued moodiness of this one. But, and, and to be fair, the music in in the first Avenger certainly fits the the vibe of the movie. It's a lot more of a yeah of a period. And it, it feels it feels like it fits with the World War Two. Let's go get them, boys, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. more so than this. The, it would feel really weird in this movie. True. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, all right. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like I've sufficiently conveyed my thoughts, but I don't really know what else to say. So well, you'll have more time in spoiler territory. It's true. Spoiler-tary. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll come right back in spoiler territory for Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. 
Here we are in spoiler cherry for Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um, I'm going to continue a little bit. I think uh, with... I think they did such a poor job with Bucky in the first movie that... um, It hurt this one. It hurt this one. It hurt this one quite a bit. I would agree. And I think this one would have worked better for me if they would have had that little bit more. Because there's such little Winter Soldier here that I wish he... If we had more of a connection to him, if we had more of a connection to who Bucky is as a person, if we knew more about their relationship, then I think... I think that would make the Winter Soldier rival Loki. And I I feel like they've missed the boat. I feel like unless Cap 3 is straight up just half and half 1940s flashbacks and Cap finding Bucky, that's the only way that we're going to that we're going to get anywhere near having Bucky that close and he won't even be a villain anymore by the end of that probably, which sucks because we need good <laughs> villains in the Marvel universe. We don't have a lot of and them. How? So, I would say Pierce was a pretty compelling. He was, yeah, yes. That's my other complaint: is that I feel as though the only real connection. I feel like there's this really big um, uh, disparity between Pierce and Hydra. I never felt the connection as well. Like I, I, it never came through to me as well as it should have. At the very end, he says "Hail Hydra" in his final breath. Which can I just say, they got Robert Redford to say "Hail Hydra." <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening? It was great. I that too. What a great time to be alive. <laughs> but I feel like they never quite connected the dots for me, where I felt as though Robert Redford was operating as a member of Hydra. The the weird it, thing about about the Shield Hydra thing is like I almost feel like. Shield kind of at some point really became Hydra. Absolutely, um, and there isn't really much of a disparity, which is it's not like I mean, it 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 was it wasn't it wasn't that there are a bunch of Hydra operatives in Shield, and I mean because they're saying hail Hydra to each other at some mm-hmm. point, but Shield is functioning like it's Hydra at a lot of times too, mm-hmm. with just as Shield and all those real Shield folk are none the wiser. So it's there is kind of a weird there's a a solidness, a solid separation, and then a total ambiguity at the same time, which is really weird. Well, kind of what I'm what I'm getting to is that I feel as though the character of Alexander Pierce, he, we never get the super clear motivations other than I'm doing the work of Hydra. I wish there was more of a. To me, it feels like we get at the beginning, like, oh yes, we got to launch Project Insight because it's going to be good for America, blah 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 blah. But we never get like a. I'm seeing this out because I feel like it will make the world a better place. We don't get that real, like, solid motivation. For, I, I didn't. You mean, you mean in the sense of you, you would like to have seen why Pierce wants to be... Why, why Pierce is a Hydra guy? Like, why is yeah. he... Okay. Or if he could have ripped off his face and shown that he was Red Skull at the end, fine. I, I thought that was going to happen. I was a little bummed at first that it didn't, <laughs> and now I'm like totally like happy it didn't. So yeah, and it's probably better that it didn't. Yeah. I almost feel like but. like Pierce ended up being the um, the like natural evolution. The, like when Nick Fury crosses the line, he's he's become Alexander Pierce. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's maybe not so much of a necessarily a Hydra Shield uh, persona. It's just once you cross that line of of where, what is the line between freedom and order. 
you cross over where order is more important than anything, you become, that's the difference between Fury and Pierce. And Pierce is just, yeah, that was his motivation. Well, I think too, like part of, part of the problem is that we don't, there's a span of time in between the forties when Hydra was a Nazi organization and whatever Hydra has become now, it's not the same Hydra. I mean, it is, it's the same organization, but clearly there are different motives at play here. And if you watch the first Avenger and you, you kind of, if you pay attention to Zola's character, he doesn't seem like he's super on board with the whole Nazi uh, Johann Schmidt's mentality about things. He almost seems like he's got other reasons for, for, you know, or, or motives. And, Clearly, he was a huge. He really was the genesis of Hydra infiltrating Shield yeah. during the the formation God, of Shield. So, so I think that <laughs> I think that they they don't communicate that enough in the film. You know, certainly I would agree with you there. But I think that the Hydra we're getting in this is definitely a different. There are different motives and different, which I think would fit better in with what who Pierce is and why he would. I mean, they they seem like they truly think that they're doing what's best for people. They're not just like we are evil. We take over everything. You know, like it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, I I I, I just wish that kind of the the we got a little bit more behind the motivations of Hydra and Pierce himself. I feel like it would have elevated it even even higher. Sure. Me. Yeah. Sure. I can see. I only wish that in regards to that, I think they did a, a good enough job explaining Pierce's mindset and his goals and his beliefs because he has a really good scene with Nick Fury about it where he talks about you know isn't isn't uh peace and an order worth the death of 20 million versus to save this many like it's all there but I wish it had been to Cap and not Nick Fury like Cap is busy dealing with the Winter Soldier and he kind of misses out on the the big scheme of things. The actual, the big con. It was almost like Nick Fury was almost the hero of the movie for part of it because the real conflict was between him and Pierce and Nick Fury's idea of whether or not this is right, which is <clears throat> okay because real Nick Fury would have done that shit in a second. He'd be like, "Get them fuckers in the air! Let's look at everybody, what everybody's doing." Like real Nick Fury would be like, "Yeah, I'm totally on board with that." So it was a little. And, and this Nick Fury was, actually, because he was the one trying to convince Cap that it was a good idea. So it was uh, it was just kind of interesting because I laughed. I was like, oh, man, 616 Nick Fury would be like, hell yeah, I can see what everybody's up to. This keeps the world safe, man. Like, real... He wouldn't have bothered showing Cap, showing it off to Cap either. No, absolutely not. He would have... If he could hide, he'd have three people working on it for, for <laughs> maybe the only engineers. So it's interesting because they did a good job drawing a lot of character traits from from the Nick Fury I I know and love from the comics mm-hmm. and uh applying it to Sam like this this Nick Fury is infinitely more interesting to me than uh than any other previous Nick Fury we've seen except for the the after credit stinger of the first Iron Man. And he has a lot more to do. I think part of it too is is not necessarily I don't think it's 100% the, the, the fault of Jackson in the previous movies. He really didn't have a lot to do besides bark orders and yeah. say No, I think it's the writing you know? absolutely because in this movie he doesn't he barely like f- he doesn't fight a ton of people. He's more he's more of an espionage master in this movie, yeah. and I think that's where he needs to be. Because well, I remember even laughing in, in Avengers at the scene where Nick Fury like grabs the guy coming around the corner and like beats him. I was like, this looks so clunky, and just he shouldn't be doing that. He's way cooler when he just sits in a chair and says, "You shoot him." Like that to me, that's cooler. <laughs> it's a, but he has a Gatling gun in his 
in his car. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I really really enjoyed what they did with Nick Fury in this one, where it was more about the 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 ideas of what was happening. I thought it was cool. I, and the, the final the final conversation between him and Pierce, I, I really loved that scene. I thought that was really good, and I wish it had been more of Cap's struggle too, like him having that conversation with Cap, but being like, isn't this what you want, like peace, and then Cap being like, at what cost, type of thing. Like to me, that would. Well, and I, I guess the big scheme, like the problem <clears throat> with the scheme for me is like, why is killing all of the heroes and potential heroes? Why does that bring peace? Well, I don't think it's it's, but it's not I, potential I, heroes necessarily. I think it's it's anybody that could could disrupt the natural order. Potential of insurgents. That's why there's there's a Stephen Strange name drop. We're on spoilers now, mm-hmm. so I can say whatever. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily saying like, okay, Strange is already Doctor Strange, and well, yeah, you know, but I, but he because of the algorithm, it's the, been determined that he could people. become a problem. But then you know? I just like I don't does is would that is that thing also going to kill like all the villains? I yeah, I yeah, think it's yeah. the ultimate it's, it's form anybody, of socialism. Anybody who's going to come out and just mess with the status quo basically is going to get off. Anybody who's going to rock the boat, uh, we're going to take them out. Um, and that includes that includes heroes, villains, potential. Uh, I don't know anybody who's gonna anybody seems, who's gonna seems run weird for office me. with a weird idea. It's yeah, no, seriously, it's, it's the most like, extreme version of socialism you could possibly. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, they, it's the idea like they they don't want anybody who can they don't want anybody to be Any, too, anything that messes with order. Yeah. yeah, but even like the Zola. The, the Zola log that we get in the middle oh of the movie. I feel Ugh. like he he's basically just like TV Zola. We didn't realize that people would fight for their freedom, and I don't understand how mass genocide once again is going to not make people fight against whatever caused all of that. Well, I don't necessarily think that that well, Zola's. Logic's a I mean, Zola's flawed. a maniac. You know, clearly he's he's not he's not. They're assuming that if they're assuming that if we either show enough force or get rid of these key people that. People are just going to get in line, you know, and it's a, com- there are and no it's a computer left, program, really. You know. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. I don't know. There's something really mixed and jumbled about it to me, but maybe I'll be able to put a finger on. There it. are a lot of lot of subplots that there are a ton of little subplots and moments, w- interactions between different characters, and and you know the Zola moments and, and the Winter Soldier moments. I think um, on a second viewing, I think it's going to help me to like really see the links there and like see kind of mm-hmm. form an idea of exactly how Hydra was able to, cause it is a little foggy in spots. I will say that there's a little bit of a disconnect with some of the Hydra elements, but I think that it didn't bother me. I mean, probably well, it's very comic book. Oh, totally. I mean, it's very like, we are this huge organization. It's cool because it, it, like I said, it's pretty thinly veiled NSA America oh, totally. commentary. Yeah. Somebody, somebody on Reddit was like, I just, they made a sudden clarity clearance that was like, <laughs> I, I just, I realized that Steve Rogers would stand on the side of Snowden. And it's like, well, yeah. Um, but. It, uh. Man, totally, I totally derailed what I was going to say. <laughs> um, it was, okay. It was cool because it, it, it kind of gave, helped put that kind of paranoia almost like three days of condor again where like you're whoever's supposed to be watching out for you might also be like could turn on you in a second and the idea that shield is this big great thing that's looking out for america and for the world's best interests is really being puppeted by this evil organization uh was very very cool to think that you know i loved the don't trust anyone angle it was really really it's not something you really seen superheroes always have bros and so for cap to kind of feel on his own which is what brings me to my main complaint <laughs> of the movie, actually, is that where the fuck was everybody else? Like, this, this to me, almost felt like it could have been the plot for Avengers 2. 
Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. has been hijacked, and the whole world is at stake. Everything, literally everything is at stake. And I was really puzzled as to why there wasn't even a line of dialogue or, or some little... It would have been so easy to do, and it could have been done skillfully, I think, clearly by the, by the level of the writing in the movie, for the most part, is to find a way to address that. Because I thought either Cap or Black Widow would at some point be like, we should get Stark or Banner or Thor or or anybody on well, the that, that didn't bother me only because I'm so used to it in comics. And I, th- I mean, to be fair, I don't think that that's... I don't think my argument here is all that okay because I'm saying comic books. But it, it really isn't. It really isn't. But, I mean, I, it didn't bother me because I'm like, they don't show... You know, Cap has his own adventures. Well, I mean, I, it's not a, it's not a movie breaking issue for me, but I think it's a pretty extreme gap. Hawkeye not being there bugged me. I'm that, not that's lie. honestly the only one where I'm like, maybe they should have done something well, with Hawkeye I mean, because with, Stark. They're not really that close with Stark. Um, not to mention, not, if Iron not, Man is flying with you, Shield knows exactly where you fucking yeah. are. Yeah, uh, and it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't call any one of you guys in if I had trouble at work. So I just that's the way I see <laughs> it. You know, it's um, fair enough. <laughs> I I think and that that plus they're being on the run the whole time. I, mean, um, I think this film only spans what probably a few days, right? It's pretty yeah. It's like still, two or three uh, days. Yeah. It's still it still bothers me. No, it's fair. It's I fair. can I mean I can see Hawkeye being off on a mission, which is probably how they'll explain which, it if they bother to explain it. They'll probably yeah, like I can. Oh see, man, I came back home and Shield is like gone. What am I gonna do? <laughs> like I think Hawkeye's off on a mission. How are they gonna get into contact with well, Thor? It bothers yeah, me. Thor's, it Thor's, bothers me too because yeah, Iron Man was feeling really really hinky about everything Shield was doing in the Avengers. He and Banner both were. Yeah, it was a pretty big spot during their big scene their scene together where they're both kind of like and he clearly doesn't like shield he's clearly suspicious of it and it seemed like he would probably still have his feelers in there or in some way would have i don't know i just i wanted no, i wanted some way to kind of address that that's it, it's it valid felt, i think felt huge i think it's valid i think it's something that people have been bothered with with like every previous like mm-hmm. iron man 3 and thor 2 i think everybody's had issue with this problem but I think those are both pretty easily explained, and the other two. I think this is the only one. Well, and I like I, I I when I say everybody, I mean the royal everybody, as in the people like there are people reviewing this movie that are these movies that are like yeah, I had yeah, an maybe. issue with this. I personally haven't had an issue with any of the three, but I thought one of the more interesting revelations, too, real quick, just on the topic of Iron Man, Tony Stark, was that his father was was killed by Hydra. Yeah, yeah, that was and pretty beautiful. That was and and you know that that was interesting because now. I wonder if that's that's got to be addressed at some point, right? That Hydra was involved. You probably think, with, probably with Strucker. I mean, he's the because he's, he's going to be involved in last Hydra dude. Yeah, um, so. I, I think I think what we what we got what we finally got out of this movie was a good representation of Shield too. I mean, yeah. not just with the the Hydra hijinks, but uh, I mean, Shield itself was was a lot darker than we've than we've seen. And oh yeah, Rumlow um, and his crew, like oh yeah. Oof, yeah. Um, I mean, certainly out of. I mean, even even in Avengers, it was kind of just, oh, we're doing this to keep you safe, blah blah blah. But here, it was it was a lot more tangible um, of the the shenanigans, and we certainly haven't got any of it out of Agents of Shield. But yeah, uh, but yeah, we finally got real, you know, like real Shield nastiness here. Um, Mm -hmm. Not maybe not to the degree you get in the comics, but I really dug a good idea. I dug where Nick Fury wound up for sure, just like taking off, kind of on the lamb. I think that's really sweet. He's done that a bunch in the comics, and it's always cool. I'm like, man, I'm not going to see Nick Fury in any series for like a year. Doesn't matter. It's so <laughs> see, but that's 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 what makes like guys like in their usual. I don't know. Captain America usually works for 
the government in a lot of the comic books. He's usually on some sort of government-sanctioned mission. Mm -hmm. And he's at his best, in my opinion, in comics in situations like Civil War. I mean, love it or hate it, there are the moment when he says, hell no, this is wrong, and defies the government is a huge cool moment for that character because it's it proves to them, to an audience that he's not just he's not, just a, uh, he's not, a he's, not he's not wearing the flag because he you know he's going to do everything that you know the president tells him to do he's yeah. wearing the flag because he has the ideals that he shares with the american values or whatever but same with same with Nick Fury I mean, Nick Fury's at his best when he's, like, not with S.H.I.E.L.D., when he's on the run. Like, he's amazing. He's so much cooler that <laughs> he way. He grabs his jetpack. That's all they needed was him in the graveyard. Just be like, see you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the comics, though, I mean, this this movie, we got we got TV Zola. Yes. We yes. Batrock the Leaper. And they were both so sweet. The yeah, Batrock yeah. fight scene was so good. Yeah, it was brief, and it was really, him. really good. I can shove my foot right just deep down in my mouth because... I believe, Nick, you asked me the question many moons ago at the video store. What's one character that will never be adapted? And I said, for, without skipping a beat, I'm like, Batrock the Leaper. Will never be and, and him and Stiltman, so yes, we'll see we'll if Stiltman see. shows up. And, and I told Tim <laughs> that story. In the Netflix Daredevil series? <laughs> yes. I told Tim that story about Batrock, our conversation. And literally after the Batrock scene, he leans forward during the movie, turns to me and he goes, Hey, Willie, did you see Batrock? That's <laughs> <laughs> so really good. Yeah. Oh, that was a nice. Oh. We paid a lot of good homage to the uh, to the comics. Mm -hmm. Sure, Crossbones was cool. I'm excited to see him come back. That's another element that I'm excited for. Yeah, I want to see him go full the mask and everything. Just be total mercenary. I'm ready. <laughs> yes, my body. What do you ready. think about uh, Strucker? I'm I'm excited for. Oh, Strucker. can we? Can I get? We'll we'll delve into that in a second. Yeah. The okay. the post credit sequences. Um, I wanted to say about the the shaky cam. This action was so awesome that I wish I could have just watched it. I wish they could have gotten to a point where they didn't need to hide anything with shaky cam. Mm -hmm. And if they did that because they needed to hide something, that makes me really sad. Like, or because, or just because, just to be frenetic about it, I feel like I would have appreciated, like, like the idea of taking this shield combat and making it compelling is so. It's such a challenge to me that them being able to do that, I feel like detracting away from it with shaky cam. I don't like that. I I just and I and we know that I hate shaky cam. It wasn't a problem for me later on in the movie, but I feel like I, like that whole f the sequence on the tanker would have been so much better if I could have just watched that shield just bounce and fly right back to him and see him do that crazy flip kick to get. To get Batrock right in the face, like I, <laughs> I wanted to see it, and I felt like I was too, in the moment, to enjoy any of the beautiful choreography that they did. Mm. So I don't know, but anyway, post credit sequence. Oh, I I did want to say a few things about Winter Soldier. Okay, um, I I know you said that you were weren't happy that he wasn't in it very much, but I I thought there was a I thought there was a pretty decent amount of Winter Soldier. I I mean I think the only problem with how the film handled him was was making him the subtitle. Yeah, honestly. Um, yeah. Uh, if if he wasn't the subtitle, then I think it would have his his role in the movie would have been flawless. If they didn't set you're, up you're that expectation, yeah, you're it could have been called the fall of Shield. Yeah, you're expecting Boom. Winter Soldier to be the main antagonist, whereas he's yeah he's the Shield. He's the nemesis behind the scenes that's just kind of running around and destroying everything. Um, Dark of but, the Shield. <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, it was yeah the story being more about 
about shield internal conflicts uh and um but yeah i think i think winter soldiers presence in the film was 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 perfect yeah um, I, it he, was yeah. just just the amount of uh the amount of panic you felt anytime he, he showed up was was mm-hmm. incredible totally. um and i i I understand. I totally see where you're coming from. With they didn't pay enough time to Bucky um, for it to really pay off. It was enough for me personally in in Cap One. Um, but we're not going to go into Cap One. But in I mean, there were so many things they had to cover in that movie that I feel they didn't get enough time for any of them. But for me, it. it uh, I mean, I guess I knew enough about Bucky that okay, he's Cap's best friend. I know what best friends do. Um, yeah. And that that was you know that was that was good enough. Um, so and I, I think it probably was for at least for one woman in the audience where we watched it. Um, <laughs> she was the star of the show. Oh man, man. she was the bell of the ball. Uh, so yeah, so there was a woman in the audience who yeah just <gasps> when just yeah when he pulls off the mask, it was hilarious. Um, totally ripped us right out of the moment, and we beat her up and threw her out of the film. Um, not really. Everybody in that's the a crime. Laughed at everyone. <laughs> In a moment that should not be laughed at at all, but it was so perfect. <laughs> and uh, what's the senator? The senator um, that was the one by the super goofy was Iron seeing Man's Gary Shanley go Hail Hydra. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> is he joking? And then he's like casually like, let's get together next week for dinner. I was like, Hydra like a country club now? Or they just like hang out? It was that's the thing is it's only it's weird. It's 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 <clears throat> I it would be interesting for them to do a one shot chronicling. How how Hydra has shifted. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Seeing behind the scenes, like it'd be cool to do a one shot that shows you from Hydra's internal Inside Shield perspective how they've coordinated, how they've twisted some of the events we've already seen in all the Phase One movies and stuff. That would be very cool. Yeah. Like, and I, I think well, and I think we could get some of that story itself, just about Hydra growing within Shield in the Agent Carter show. Should that come? To that pass. would be neat as well. Yeah, it's a story that I, I think was. I, I think it was certainly started in this film, and I think that that what we have in this film works just alone in this film. But I think it'd be cool to see more about it. That's yeah. that's the beauty of of these movies is you want to see more, a little bit more. Well, yeah, and my my comment about Bucky, at least I wanted to see more of them. Sure, yeah, like they left me wanting more. It's not like Sebastian Stanton. I got to give it to him. I I remember when they said Winter Soldier was going to be the subtitle, and I was like recast him. It was the first thing I thought because <laughs> like, he looks like a pretty boy bitch, and he was he was really really good. Yeah, yeah, he brought it. He did a great job. He acted he acted really well, much better than he was in the first one, and uh, he did a very good job. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't. There were tiny things about the way it ended that I didn't love. I didn't love the overall note of everything's wrapped up and happy now. Because mm. I was like, they leaked some heavy shit out there. Mm. That was, that was, I some, feel like. Like, that was a really bonehead solution to the. That was, I feel like that was kind of a, like a pander to, uh, to the, to the message of, to like the parallel between the NSA and, and, uh. I was really questioning that the whole time. It's like, uh. That's that Black Widow has dedicated her entire life to protecting people from these secrets and with these secrets, and she's like, and they carry oh, too. Screw shield. Guess what? I'm shoving this pie in your face. That's that's that is the definition of cutting off your nose to spite your face, right? What she did at the end. It was. I didn't feel like it was that happy of an ending, but it does feel like it's dude, very. Oh yeah, everything's great at the end of that movie. Mm. Literally, the only person who's a little bummed out is is Bucky. 
Well, Fury's Fury's not in a great spot. I don't either. think Fury's, Fury's going. Yeah, spot. Fury's going into. Yeah, but he didn't. Tash is like, I just revealed my identity. Like I, everybody knows who I am, and the but it didn't have that. that it against. didn't have that tone at all. We know that, but it didn't. That movie did not have that tone I whatsoever. Apparently, it, didn't have it to you, but I felt that the ending did dude, not leave no. me on like a bright and sunny note. The music is is uplifting. I think Fury like makes a joke. He's like, "All right, see you guys around." Puts on his sunglasses and shit, and like walks away and. Everybody and she like kisses him on the cheek, makes a joke about call that girl. Everything is totally peachy at the end of that movie. And I, think I was it's like optimistic. I don't know if it's like a hundred percent. Well, because everything is wrong literally now. Because <laughs> Hydra is going to be fine. Hydra is oh, out yeah. there. Yeah, this is this totally. Is... Hydra's ready. Like they probably planned for that. Shield is gone. This is still kind of the this fucking is kind Maria of the Hill is going to be a secretary. Here. Oh God! <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. If that's, a that's a pretty big. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way I felt. She's sitting there waiting for like a job interview. I was like, what? No, she was the... doing the lie detector test, wasn't she? So, so she was getting know. a job at, at She was doing, getting a job yeah. at, at Okay, so, working yeah. for Tony but, Stark. But I was like, this is really bad. Like, she's now I, happy out of that I, security. I kind of like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Nick Fury's leaving to Europe. He's probably got like Caterpillar teams over there. He's probably going to... But I would have liked... A line of dialogue that alluded to that, with him being mm-hmm. like, "All right, I gotta go. I got a lot of work to do," or something like that, or yeah. like, "Shield needs rebuilding," and I gotta something about that because they kind of left it on the note that like this great force of evil intelligence gathering that was Shield is now gone, and we don't have to worry about that anymore. And I was like, "No, Shield is a necessity. Like Shield I, is Shield. It does the dirty shit that no one else wants to do, but it has to be done." I think um, <clears throat> that's the only other thing that maybe bothered me a little bit is that I feel like for the way that the story structure is made, there's very little <clears throat> falling action. We don't get much of the... We hit the Deima, oh, and yeah. then there's... It's just like, eh, and then we don't see the rest of it. Yeah, that's true. So, I think if they could have had more in there, that does go through those things. It would have been even better. Because, like, the the shot of, of Nick Fury going to, like, his little secret container where he keeps his stash and burning it all, what the fuck? Like, he needs that stuff. He's Nick Fury. Like, he's got he's to gotta prepare for the next big thing, because there's he, always a next big thing. He got the glasses, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I was important. I was really confused by that. I was like, "What does this mean? Is he quitting? Because he can't he can't quit. You need that guy that that no who has had the ultimate test of of you know endurance and survived it, and the world needs him like clearly. So I I don't know. I didn't like that. I I, I did love where Falcon and Cap wound up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't nuts about Bucky. I was kind of like I wanted either him to come full like you wanted I, some resolution. I wanted him to. To, I, I thought of it like the comics, which is probably again a fault of my own. But him in the comics, where he like he, he realizes who he is, his memory comes back, and he runs away because he's like mortified and doesn't think he can atone for his wrongdoings. And he he starts to do he starts to work for Nick Fury, basically doing like wet work stuff. I, so, I actually I'm not gonna lie, I like that last scene of Bucky. At the the last scene was really cool, yeah. but I. I think the, I don't know. I think the the Bucky stuff was fine with me because because he wasn't the main focus of the movie. It's like mm. he was he the Winter Soldier story was kind of it was an underlying arc. It was a subplot and there. the fact yeah. yeah the fact that it's not quite resolved yet is that that's I'm I'm fine with that. It's like it's like a hanging thread. Like it's like it's like Han at the end of you know what I mean. It's like it's yeah. like one of the it's a subplot that is yeah. very much involved with the main yeah. I guess that's why I wanted the ending to be a little bit a little bit darker in, in mood and tone and to be a little more because. I, I get Cap's personal quest that he wants to find Bucky and like and clear this up, and Falcon's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna help you." But I thought that the because I remember as soon as the, the twist was revealed with Hydra and Shield, I was like, "Wow, I didn't see that coming." Even though I knew I've, I have the comics that that's from, um, I, I, uh, 
Well, I mean, because the good guys lost. I mean, if you're if you're going to be totally honest, the yeah. good guys totally lost this one. I mean, they dodged a bullet with the insight thing, but Hydra is alive and well. Shield is done. Mm-hmm. They're all basically on the run. Um, from one thing or another, they totally lost. Yeah. So and it it did kind of for with that uh, with that tone in mind, it did kind of yeah, it kind of ended on a happy note with everybody kind of. It felt like they were everybody was kind of just moving on from Shield, mm-hmm. but. It's that, yeah, it was, uh, I felt like the, it should, they should have all been getting ready for like, how do we, how do we, how do we take back shield? How do we, how do we, we take the fight to Hydra? Yeah. Um, unless they are all under the illusion that Hydra is gone. gone, but I mean, their motto is cut off one head and two more shall take its place and they even said it in this movie. I think, I think we're going to get some of that, um, well, and the thing is, it's tough with these movies because they're so interconnected, and there's yeah. so much. There's so much. Read the next issue of this thing that that a lot of that could be. I mean, for all we know, Ultron is hugely involved. Like Ultron is a huge part of Hydra. We don't know. I mean, he could be like the ultimate yeah. Hydra. And, you know, I hope yeah. not, but he could be. You know, well, I don't know. We'll see. Speaking of Avengers Two stuff, we're going into the post credit sequence, right, Alex? There we go. Yes. Um... <laughs> So we get to see Baron Strucker, uh, Thomas Kretschmann as Baron Strucker. Who is disappointingly not me. <laughs> um, uh, he uh, He's walking around some secret Hydra lab where apparently they have Loki's staff. And they also have Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, which are known as miracles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Willie, what did you think of Baron Strucker, as Nick asked 20 minutes ago? Oh, um, <laughs> I'm waiting. He, uh, I thought he was, it was neat. He looked like Baron Strucker. That's cool, dude. Yeah, Crutchman's a good actor. Uh, hit the monocle, which is what I need from him. And, um, yeah, <laughs> Why not? I'm yeah. excited to see what he does with it. You know, there's not enough to, to really digest, you know, mm-hmm. anything, but... I, yeah. I think it's less about, less about, uh, Strucker and more about the... Quicksilver. Scar- Quicksilver Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it... It felt it felt a little weird to me. It just like, it's strange that it just the way they presented them as like they're just already clearly displaying their powers. Quicksilver's bolting around. It felt a little uh, fox, um, <laughs> but uh, <Die>. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I it actually that was I, the mid credits one, right? Yeah, yes. and the post was Bucky. It was Bucky. Okay, okay, okay. It, it made me a little more. I wasn't at all anxious to see. What what was with these two? Because I don't really care, but this this actually got me intrigued. Um, yeah, just to see how the, how they. I want to know now how they tie. How are they going to fit into this? Yeah, you know? because that was really the big question for me: is how are they going to squeeze these two in? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've got kind of an i kind of a basis for an idea now, and that's exciting to me. I'm very excited that they're using the Loki staff. Clearly, that the I don't know if it's controlling them or if it gave them their powers, whatever. But they're in, that's involved in their. Origins mm-hmm. clearly in this universe, and I think it's cool because Hawkeye, of course, was controlled by the same staff. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love. My oh, you crew. think the staff has to do with their origin? Uh, maybe. I, I, whether they're being controlled by Hydra or their powers derived from the staff, the staff has something to do with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. I think it felt and, a little yeah. unclear. And I, it would be cool if I just I love the Kooky Quartet, you know, so much, and I love it's it's the the second Avengers team. It's Cap, yeah, Hawkeye. Okay. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, and the idea was that Cap was going to rehabilitate these villains because all three of them were villains, mm. and I love that all three of them would share that common thread because it kind of—it's a wink. It almost. harkens back to that totally. If Hawkins. I get my one shot of the Kooky Quartet, boom! <laughs> Thank you, Whedon. <laughs> and um, calling them that, of course. 
Yeah. Why are they imprisoned then, though? If they're, I don't think they work for Hy- for Hydra. I I almost feel they were experiments. I feel like um, they might be Strucker's kids. I, they could be. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. I feel like the only person who thought that scene was just awful. Like of everybody, and I, I, I didn't think it was awful. I didn't think it was I awful. I, I it was so wordy. Like he just yeah. talked really fast and about some. I was like, wait, what? what? Like there was no pause. I was. I literally don't remember any of what he said. He mentioned mm-hmm. something about some kind of project and how these two were like the only survivors or something. I don't remember. I it. don't even. I, I was uh, like, whoa, whoa, and like I couldn't tell but, where they were, what was going on. It felt so sloppy. I was like, this is just. I literally fun. didn't care about any of it except for the punctuation mark of Scarlet Witch looking crazy and cracking bricks and stuff. I wanted to, see, yeah, I wanted to I really see what they would look like because I knew I had it ruined for me a couple days prior that that's what that they were in the post credits. Mm-hmm. I, I had it ruined that it was Strucker and those two, so I was curious to see like what they would look like. But I, uh, I just thought the scene itself was really bad. I was like, I can't understand what's going on or what the how does this tie in other than just another. And I actually I, I remember reading another review the day after whatever on <clears throat> on Rotten Tomatoes where some some critics said the same thing that the he was getting really fatigued of the post credits next week on. Well, yeah, and, like it's like none of them have been particularly. You can see where. Some of them have pieces that fit into something that came before or what's going to come next, but I don't know. Some of them, they're also very disjointed, like it, in, in every movie. The Bucky one kind of feel a little forced. I really love like the, 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 the shot, like the, the one that's meant to be like a, like a tease for, because Bucky, Bucky's a bit of a tease forward, but it's more of a, it's kind of like the Thor coming to Jane in the last mm-hmm. one. It's the, not the collector. Mm-hmm. The collector feels really weird, like a shift after mm-hmm. Thor. It's like, why is this here? The Bucky, the the Bucky Avengers the, has the yeah, Thanos, the Bucky and the but, Thor Jane one. That was that was very much a kind of, kind of a beginning to wrap up what happened in yeah. the movie itself. So that's yeah. why those ones work so much better. And the that to yeah, me the, was like classic like mid credit or like end credit scene, like the end, the scene after the Ferris Bueller type thing, where I was like, okay, this fits within the confines of the movie. It's it's funny. I like it. Um, it. To me, the the, the mid credit sequences involving the next ins- installment have become less exciting and more like blatant product placement for me. Like I don't really look forward to them as much anymore because they're not as well. They just feel to the point where they're now they're like they're, it's like sneaking in an ad on YouTube. I'm like, ugh. Like I wanted to watch this movie. It's it, and it, I struggle with it because it's cool to see kind of a tease of what's coming, but I at the same time I don't like it. I'm beginning to like them less. Like I didn't. I, the collector scene is funny and cool and interesting, and obviously I was stoked to see anything from Guardians, but I didn't like it in Thor, and I didn't like this one where it was. And I, they always feel thrown together. They always feel like they're like, oh, the movie's out in three weeks. Why don't we shoot a quick something? You know, this one to me felt the most like that. I was like, oh, they started filming Avengers, and they're like, oh, quick, let's film a little something to sneak in there. It just it was so nonsensical to me. All right. That was your nerd drivel for this week. This one went super, super long. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, don't watch any of the trailers for this movie. You guys can't because well, you listen to the spoiler okay. section. But, oh, my God, they gave away everything. Absolutely everything. Did you see a trailer for this? No. Oh, you watched it afterwards. Well, yeah, I watched oh, them all okay. afterwards. And I was like, they didn't, like, there's helicarriers exploding right in front of the Triskelion. Like That was the one that everything. I, I remember watching in the theater. And I was like, they showed a helicarrier falling. I was like, the shot from Star Trek is in this movie. Granted, it was in a totally different context. So at least they kind of one-upped me there. But, um, yeah, it was still, it's, I still was not happy that, that it was in the trailer. And, well, I and one of the, um... 
I don't remember much else from the trailers. I don't remember, but I watched them. I watched them last night, and I was like, "My God, I'm glad I, I don't watch." I just this saw anymore. the first two, um, and yeah, it, the, I did. You watch any TV spots? No, no. Um, TV spots are traditionally the really TV really spots spoiler are terrible. Ones. <laughs> Those are the ones terrible. where they could have the shot like Bucky. Who the hell's Bucky? Captain America too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Robert uh, Redford going, hey, Hydra. <laughs> like, dying. <laughs> See, Captain America. Okay. Uh, give us a call at 248-7335-MFN or 248-7335-636. Uh, let us know what you think about the show or what we talked about or anything like that. Keep it concise. Um, feedback at com if you prefer to write in instead of calling. Um... Follow us on Twitter at MFN Podcast. Search for us on Facebook and Vine, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. we got to get back into the Vine business, guys. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Instagram, MFN Podcast. Um, there may be something special brewing for next week. Maybe. Perhaps. A naked s- podcast? Stick tuned, yes. It's the Nudecast. Oh, the Nudecast. The Midwest Film Nerds Nudecast. Uh, so, ch- no, that was Willie on our uh, Oscars live stream. <laughs> Stick tuned. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, check back next week. Uh, take a look on the Facebook. There might be something up there to, to tease. But uh, other than that, at Mr. John on Twitter, thank you for our music and artwork. And uh, Kyle XY, go watch a movie. <laughs>